like that. You Welcome to the Logan that. Blackman Show, like the podcast where curiosity meets conversation. I'm your host, Logan Blackman. I'm thrilled to join you. I'm thrilled to have you join me on this exciting journey. Each week, we will dive into a wide range of engaging topics, exploring everything from current events and popular culture to personal development and thought-provoking ideas. This show is about fostering meaningful discussions and gaining new perspectives. As we embark on this adventure together, I'll be bringing in you captivating interviews with influential guests, experts in their field, and inspiring individuals who are making a difference in the world. We'll uncover the unique stories, insights, and wisdom while shedding light on fascinating aspects of their lives and work. Join me as we challenge conventional thinking, spark intellectual curiosity, and seek to uncover the untold stories that shape our world. From captivating anecdotes to thought-provoking discussions, The Logan Blackbird Show aims to entertain, educate, and empower. Whether you're tuning in during your morning commute, unwinding after a long day, or simply seeking inspiration, this podcast is here to accompany you on this journey of growth and discovery. So let's embark on this exciting adventure together and explore the vast realm of ideas, all while having a great time. Get ready to get ready for engaging conversations, insightful perspective, and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to the Logan Blackman Show. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that was a, we went on, oh my goodness, we went on chat GBT, (laughs) and I asked them if they could upload, uh, can you write me an intro for my podcast titled The Logan Blackman Show? Certainly, here's an introduction for your podcast titled The Logan Blackman Show. Upbeat music fades in, music fades out, upbeat music fades in, music fades out. And it also says, feel free to customize and modify it according to your preferences. I hope it captures the essence of your podcast and sets the stage for an exciting listening experience. I would say it did. I would say the average listener at this point in time's morale is super high at this point in time after reading that. I feel like this is a new way to get our show more involved, more cool, more hip, get other things to write. Like, why did this exist when I was, like, in high school or something? Like, I could just write down any mathematics. What's, like, uh, I don't know. I I don't really know what a a message is. Johnny has two apples each two how many does he have left has two apples and eats and eats two how many does he have left let's just see if johnny starts with two apples and eats two of them he had no apples left like why didn't this exist when i was in high school or middle school or college like i've been out of college now since I graduated in December of 2020. So I'm going, this will be my third year out of college. We're at year two and a half at this point. Which is crazy for me to think about. But why didn't that exist? back? if it did, why wasn't it more widely broadcasted? Because I didn't know that thing existed. Like, that wrote me a whole ass intro. That intro took freaking two minutes to read. I have a long ass intro. But it wrote it all down. Got the incredible essence of the Logan Blackman Show. <laughs> Thought-provoking, insightful, and empowering podcast that this is. But man, I thought it'd be fun to go over some chat chat GPT stuff today with you. But before we do that, let's go over the housekeeping items first. We had that awesome intro, but we got to go over some of the things that I can control here. So make sure to follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. 
Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. Check out some blog posts. You can go to the LoganBlackmanShow.com. Check out our recently posted quarterback prospect rankings. If you would do that, I would greatly appreciate that. And, of course, the main thing here is make sure you're following and or subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. The only way you know what I'm saying at this point in time is if you're listening to the show right now. So might as well just double check or triple check or whatever. Make sure you are subscribed to both. If you have an iPhone, you can try subscribe to both. If you have an Android, well, just make sure you subscribe to the Spotify account. Or if you jailbroke your phone or something and download the Apple Podcast app, then go ahead and subscribe there as well. And then leave a rating out of five stars on both. I don't care if it's a five-star rating or a one-star. I should say, I do. I would appreciate it if it was a five-star rating. But that being said, if you feel like the show is lacking in quality, which I don't think you would think that after the incredible intro that we had before this, I would say just make sure you... I would love a five-star rating, but if you don't like it, then give it a one-star rating. But as long as you leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. Now, I don't really have a whole lot that I'm dying to discuss with you today. Like, there's some stuff that I want to do with Chad GPT because I think that'd be kind of funny to do. And there's some playoff series going around right now. Like, I was thinking about this just a little bit ago before we started recording. So, in the NBA Plus, we just had the Denver Nuggets sweep the Los Angeles Lakers last night. Okay? So, we had that all taking place. And then we have the, the Boston Celtics potentially getting swept by the Miami Heat tonight. And then in the NHL, we have the freaking Florida Panthers going up three games to none <laughs> against Carolina. And then tonight... We have the uh, Vegas Golden Knights preparing to go 3-0 up against the Dallas Stars. How many times has this happened in the history of the NBA and the NHL? Because they're one of the few like postseasons that start and end pretty much the exact same time. Seasons start at the same time. Seasons pretty much end at the same time. Seven-game series throughout the playoffs. All that stuff. Good stuff. Now we're in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. And now we have... Four game, four series, or that we got three left, but four in total that could all end in sweeps. They just said the other night we were watching the not, not the Nuggets game. It was the Celtics Heat game, and the Celtics absolutely blew the or the Heat absolutely blew the Celtics out of the water. Like that that game, game three back in Miami, they were saying that it's never happened before where both conference final series have ended in sweep same year. Or at least if I've, I'm pretty sure I've got that correct. But that's what they said. How often has it happened where both series in the NHL and the NBA end in sweeps? Like with how like these games that Florida has been playing with Carolina, they I'm glad I'm not a Panthers fan or a Hurricanes fan because these games are freaking stressful. <laughs> like two of the three games have ended in overtime. Two of the three games. And the one that ended last night was a one nothing win. Like, these games are freaking stressful. In that first game, what was it, like four overtimes? Yeah, four overtimes. Long-ass game. Obviously, not caring that much about either team. I didn't stay up and watch that game. <laughs> I did not stay up for all four overtimes. But it's cool to see stuff like that. And Matty Tuchuk, who was one of the key members of my fantasy hockey team that won me a championship this year, has been playing awesome. Bobrovsky's been playing really well as well so far, too. Which is crazy to think about, because last year, Bobrovsky was basically... I don't know, MIA the entire playoffs. He got benched for a couple games. Now this year, he's playing back to the Bobrovsky that we saw back in Columbus. He's playing very well. And the the Florida Panthers are not one of the teams that you would really expect to be in this point. The Carolina Hurricanes, yeah, Carolina Hurricanes for the past however many years have been a very exciting hockey team. They've always played a very exciting brand of hockey. They had the storm surge at the end of celebration things. It was awesome stuff. But the Panthers, on the other hand, are not that. 
and they're going to go for a sweep. They're the Miami, like those South Florida teams, the Panthers play, I'm pretty sure in Miami or around the Miami area. I have a friend that I went to William Penn with who's down from the Miami area. He go, he's been going to all these freaking Carolina or, uh, he went to the last game, but he's been going to a bunch of Florida Panthers games this year. He might be going to the next game that they play down in Florida, which is tomorrow night. I'm pretty sure. Like, what is up with these teams down in South Florida this year? Like, two teams that were not expect like the Miami Heat. Just speaking on the Miami Heat, they weren't. They were. They lost the first play-in game. They lost the Atlanta Hawks, who got blasted by the Boston Celtics in the first round. The Miami Heat are just absolutely taking it to the Celtics, especially the last game. Now, games one and two, the Celtics should have seen those games out. There were times where the Celtics were absolutely pulling away from the game. It was like, oh, it's over. It's done. It's done and dusted. And then the Heat come back. You have Grant Williams trying to talk shit to Jimmy Butler. He poked the bear, got in trouble. And fair play to Grant Williams, I will say this, though he was a stupid idiot for poking a player that he's nowhere near, whether that if you think Grant Williams is a good defender or not, He's nowhere near Jimmy Butler in any aspect of basketball, except for he's taller, maybe. I don't even know what his exact size. I know Jimmy Butler's 6'8". I don't know what Grant Williams is. So I don't – I mean, the numbers, like Jimmy Butler was 22, Grant Williams was 12. 12 is a pretty cool number. It was a number I wore at William Penn. So I guess number standpoint, you could say that's a better number. That's about it. But I give him credit for standing by it at the end of the game. Like, I'm not going to back down from challenge, especially for a player that's 10 times to even 20 times better than me. I'm not going to back down from a challenge. I respect that because one thing the Celtics have lacked so far this series is that kind of bite. It doesn't matter if he's not able to back up anything, but the fact that he's like, hey, we're not backing down from anything. And you've got players on the Celtics market like Marcus Smart who you would expect to be like that, but just haven't really been there to this point in time. And Jimmy Butler has led the heat back. And then the last game, game three, Jimmy didn't need to do anything. I think he had like 16 points. Gabe Vincent went off. Max Struss had a good game. Duncan Robinson had a good game. Bam out of bio baptized two players. He baptized almost baptized three. He almost baptized Jason Tatum. Like it was an absolute brutal game. Brutal game. But I'm here for it. I love the I like the Miami. I almost said love. I like the Miami Heat. And it's just crazy how that stuff's turned around, isn't it? You lose the play-in game to a team that got rocked by the team that you are currently rocking right now. Isn't that just insane how things work, how moment, how momentum builds in basketball? Like in basketball, I think momentum changes so much more. For like, if you get on a run in basketball, you're damn near unstoppable. I just watched it last night with the Nuggets-Lakers. Nuggets were down 15 at halftime, stormed back in the third quarter. Stormed back in the third quarter. The Celtics did that in game one, or the Heat did that in game one. Down big, stormed back. Game of momentum, game of shifts, all that kind of stuff. And what's even crazier to think about the Miami Heat losing that playing game is that they should have lost the Bulls. The Bulls were dominating, or not, I say dominating, the Bulls were winning pretty much that entire game. Like, they came back in miraculous fashion against the Toronto Raptors in the first round of the playing games in Toronto, and they go down to Miami in a pretty empty American Airlines arena, which is very weird for their playoff history. Like, it was sold out, easily sold out the other night, but... I mean, we are we kind of already knew the Miami Heat fans were kind of fair weather fans anyways. Like, remember when they beat the Spurs in the finals with the Ray Allen three in the corner? Like, you remember how empty that arena was until the Heat started coming back? Like, how many people left? Like, we've kind of already known that. But it's a cool atmosphere when everybody's there because they do the whiteouts and all that stuff. But it was a relatively, like, if we're comparing now to the play-in game, it was a relatively empty arena. And the Bulls 
had it. Everything was in line for them to go in and play the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. And then they completely shut off in like the last four minutes of the game or something. Like those last four minutes, like Zach Levine went ice cold. I don't know. I don't remember exactly like the numbers for everything. But I don't know if Zach Levine made a jump shot the entire game. At least in the second half. Like he couldn't hit anything without getting a layup. And Zach Levine, I'm intrigued to see what the Bulls do this offseason. Because I would imagine Zach Levine's going to be the focal point going over, going forward because of how young he is. And there's talks of them trading for that third overall pick with the uh, Portland Trailblazers, possibly trading DeMar DeRozan there. But I love DeMar DeRozan. He's one of the greatest mid-range shooters of all time. One of the most electrifying players in recent NBA history. But would they take, what would you have to give up for that third overall pick? Because the player they're looking for, apparently, is an elite three, which is what what uh, DeMar DeRozan is, or what he, at least what he has been since his time in Chicago. Because Zach Levine's been mostly playing the two, and you have DeRozan playing three. Sometimes DeRozan's even played the four. Like, there's lineups they have where Caruso comes in. They kind of rotate Caruso at the four as well. So I don't know if that DeRozan, given his age, would be a player that the Portland Trailblazers would definitely be like, yeah, this is enough to give the third overall pickup for. And then you look at all the coaching changes that have been going around right now in the NBA. We brought this up a couple shows ago about all the different coaching changes. Like some good coaches. I think the last four NBA coach of the years have all been fired or something like that. Or four of the last five. Like it was like if you didn't make the play. Like Mike Budenholzer got fired. Nick Nurse got fired. Monty Williams got fired. There's a lot of coaches getting shelled out this offseason. Doc Rivers got fired. I'm pretty sure he got fired. At least I thought I saw something about that. And the Bulls are similar to Billy Donovan. I like Billy Donovan. But uh, would Monty Williams be an upgrade for the Chicago Bulls? Because Monty Williams is too good of a coach not to be coaching next year. So I would imagine he'd be an option, but I don't know if the Bulls will actually pull the trigger on that. And you look back at the Nikola Vucevic trade, which is an exciting trade at the time, but in hindsight, that trade has kind of sucked. Bulls don't have a first-round pick this year. You look at Otto, uh, Wendell Carter. Has Wendell Carter, since getting traded to Orlando for Vucevic, has Wendell Carter been better or worse than Vucevic? And the fact that I'm even questioning that tells you how not great the trade was. Because the Bulls have been dominated in the paint for the past two years. Like you look at the playoff series against the Milwaukee Bucks last year. The Bucks absolutely torched them. But Giannis was doing everything he wanted down there. The Bulls have really no semblance of a defense apart from Caruso and uh, Pat Beverly, who I don't know if it's going to be back next year. I don't know if either one of those guys is going to be back next year. Patrick Williams is there as well. He's still very young, so I'm excited to see what he can build into. But apart from that, they don't really have an identity defensively, and if they don't start making shots, then they're in trouble. That's exactly what happened against the Miami Heat. And it's crazy to think how things would change had that had the Bulls ended up beating the Heat, because who knows if Giannis gets hurt. Because despite the, like the Miami Heat, rightfully won that series. I think they won it four games to one or something like that. But Giannis being hurt for a few of those games was crucial in the Miami Heat success in that series. I'm not saying they wouldn't have won the series without it because they've been playing lights out this playoffs, but it definitely was a big part of that. Would Giannis have gotten hurt if he would have played the Chicago Bulls? Would the Bulls have been able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs? Because again, they got absolutely thrashed in the playoffs last year. Like We were going to the playoffs this year like, hey, Whoever plays the Milwaukee Bucks, you congratulations, you made the playoffs, but that's as far as you're going to get. I didn't think there was a chance in hell the Bulls, let alone the Miami Heat, who a team, again, the Bulls should have beaten, would have beat the Milwaukee Bucks, especially the way they did. And I love Jimmy Butler. This isn't me saying that, 
oh, I doubted Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. No, 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 no. I kind of doubted everybody else in the fact that they, did they have anything to actually counteract what the Bucks were going to bring them. Because I like Bam Adebayo too, but no offense to him, he's not Giannis. No offense. I'm sorry. Gabe Vincent, I like Gabe Vincent. He's not Drew Holiday. I understand Drew Holiday's a little older, but I would take Drew Holiday. Maybe that's changed now because Gabe Vincent lit it up the last game. I saw a freaking edit on Twitter. The I never thought I'd see this. Gabe Vincent edit with the New York Knicks jersey. I never thought I'd see a Gabe Vincent jersey swap at any point in my life. <laughs> any point in time did I think I'd see that. But it's cool. That's what's exciting about this Miami Heat team is that it's a bunch of players like Duncan Robinson, like Max Strust, Gabe Vincent. Players that you wouldn't expect. Kevin Love is kicking it so far this place. He only played five minutes the other night, but hey, scored five points in those five minutes. Bam's playing awesome. It's just a team that has got a defined culture. And Joe Mazzula, I didn't realize this until the other day, played Jimmy Butler in college. When he was at West Virginia, Jimmy Butler was at Marquette. And Jimmy Butler beat <laughs> Joe Mazzula in the Big East tournament. That's crazy. I, it always throws me off how old Jimmy Butler, how long Jimmy Butler's been around the league because he's only been like a... Like he didn't start off his career as a star player. Like when he was with the Bulls, the Bulls... You see this with the Tom Thibodeau-esque team. Tom Thibodeau loves veterans. Tom Thibodeau will build his team around veterans. If you were a young player, good luck trying to get minutes under Tom Thibodeau. Like, Keith Bogans started all 82 games the year Derrick Rose won MVP. What other team would Keith Bogans start uh, 50 games for, let alone all 82 games? The Bulls drafted Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler barely played early on. He was a role player. I say role player generously. He was barely that. I think he played like 13 games his first year in the NBA. That was like two points a game. Started to get a little bit more minutes the next year because of injuries. Because Rip Hamilton got signed. Keith Bogans got shelled out. And Rip Hamilton battled a lot of injuries in Chicago. Derrick Rose obviously battled a lot of injuries in Chicago. And then once Derrick Rose got hurt, the other the next year, Jimmy Butler started getting more playoff minutes. And then once Jimmy got more playoff minutes, there was like a stretch where he had back-to-back 48-minute games or something like that. That's where you saw the trust getting instilled with him by Tom Thibodeau. And then that's what we saw Jimmy Butler become Jimmy Butler. And that Bulls locker room, though they weren't the greatest, like if you were assembling a roster, you wouldn't necessarily build a team like that Bulls team. And that's a Bulls team that got back-to-back number one overall, number one seeds in the East. Back-to-back. They got it with Derrick Rose winning the MVP, and they got it the next year with the Sorton season when they played the Lakers first game of the year. When Derrick Rose played like 39 games, 39 or 40 games, something like that, before getting injured against the Sixers. They had the one seed then, too. That team wasn't built. It was built around Derrick Rose. But you had so many other pieces that helped everything else because they were so insanely competitive and so ainly, uh, what do you want to call it, so driven to win despite their shortcomings, the fact that hey, our next two players that are going to be scoring the ball are averaging like 15 points a game. Like, you're expecting more. When Rip Hamilton signed those, like, that's the piece that's going to take him over the top. And to be fair, they had a better winning percentage that year Derrick Rose tore his ACL against the Sixers in the playoffs than they did when Derrick Rose won the MVP. They went 62-20 and 20 his MVP year, and I think they went like, so it was a shortened season. I don't remember exactly how many games they won. It, was, it wasn't like they blew out their win total from the season prior, win percentage from the season prior, but it was better. But Jimmy Butler, once he started going, and then you, I was watching some highlights last night with Jared and Andrew. Jared's been on the show before. We've talked about Andrew before on the show as well. We were watching some of Jimmy Butler highlights. 
And you could see the games where he started to become the focal point of the Bulls offense and they started phasing. I don't want to say phasing Rose out, but it just started becoming Jimmy Butler's team. And that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. When you have a player that won an MVP, it was as exciting and as explosive Derrick Rose was just become that not that player anymore. See him taking a back seat, it's hard to see. But Jimmy Butler, as we've learned over time, is him. So we've got... We've learned that over time. And you see what's happened in the playoffs so far. And that's Jimmy Butler being Jimmy Butler. Like I love Jimmy Butler on the Bulls, but I was talking to my uncle a couple weeks ago. I think I like Jimmy Butler more now than I did when he was on the Bulls. And my uncle's also a Bulls fan. Like we did went over our favorite Bulls players a couple weeks ago. I had Jimmy Butler at like number three. I like him more now than he was on the Bulls. I would take him back in a friggin' heartbeat in Chicago. But that that's real that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> Realistically, it's not happening. And I think the trade, I've seen a lot of people having like I don't know what you want to call it. I don't I don't want to say revisionist history on it, but the trade for Jimmy sending Jimmy to Minnesota for Lowry Markinen, Chris Dunn, and Zach Levine. Do I if I would go back in time, would I change it? I don't know, because at that point in time, the Bulls were kind of just teetering and didn't really know what their identity was. Sure, is Jimmy Butler a better player than Zach Levine? Yes, but you get a younger player in Zach Levine who has the potential to be better than Jimmy Butler because he's so young, because he's so athletic. You see him win back-to-back NBA dunk contest championships. Not saying that's an indicative thing about how good of a player he is, but that shows his potential there and his athleticism. You can build around that. And the Bulls, I don't know to this point, have necessarily correctly built around Zach Levine. They need to get better defenders. We've stressed this for years now about the Bulls getting a true point guard, a guy that can distribute the ball. That's why bringing in Lonzo was big. That's why we're so big on bringing in Tyrese Halliburton in the draft. And now he's playing for the division rival, division rival Pacers, averaging like 20 and 10. Could have used a guy like that. I hope Lonzo comes back and is healthy because no, apparently no one who's had this extensive knee injury that Lonzo has has ever actually come back. So now you got to start thinking for the future. And Pat Beverly, as much as a, an impact that he had on the team when he first came in, he's not the answer at point guard for the Chicago Bulls. He's not. And I like him. He's a Chicago native. I have no real issue with him. He's kind of one of those players. I didn't like him before he got to the Bulls. He's one of those players where you hate him when he's not on your team. You like him when he's on your team. Like, I wouldn't even say love. Like There's some players you love him or you hate him. I don't even think anybody necessarily loves Patrick Beverly. I, can, I like him. I like him. I think his defensive qualities were important to the Bulls team. But they got to figure out what they're going to do this offseason. They're going to be teetering on this playoff mediocrity thing that got them trading Jimmy Butler years ago. So I would like to avoid that as much as possible. There was a slimmer of a hope that they could have had a draft pick this year in the first round, but they needed to get a top four pick, and they didn't end up getting that, which sucks, which really sucks. But, you know, you move. But I'm excited to see what the rest of these playoffs hold. I'm really excited to see a Nuggets Heat championship, if it happens, if it happens. Now, obviously, the Celtics come come back. You see Marcus Smart coming in on Twitter and saying that basically, like, don't let us win one because you let us win one, we'll win the rest of them. It's like, okay, I watched you in game three. If that happens... I will be absolutely floored. If the Boston Celtics are competitive in this game, fair play. That's all I'm really expecting them because they can't play much worse than what they did last the other day. They can't really play that much worse. Now, as for the Western Conference, for the Nuggets and Lakers, 
I've seen this conversation happen a lot on Twitter. Does getting swept affect LeBron's legacy? No. It's LeBron James. I, I, I Do I think Jordan's the greatest player of all time? Yes. But that being said, I think you're stupid to try and say that any player other than Jordan LeBron is in that top two conversation. Because I think you'll see more people lean towards Jordan. I would imagine so. LeBron doesn't necessarily have a lot of fans out there. He hasn't really ever had that massive... So, like, he has... LeBron is a love or hate player. Now, LeBron, other than beating the Bulls in the playoffs, putting LeBron on Derrick Rose when he won the MVP, losing the Series 4-1 when the Bulls went up 1-0 that series, LeBron's never really hurt my feelings that much as a basketball player. And it's you'd be stupid to deny him as one of the greatest players of all time. So if this really affected his legacy for you, it's kind of like if Messi lost the World Cup Final to France. If Messi lost the World Cup Final to France, is he still the GOAT in my eyes? Yes. Getting to that point does not mean, oh, he's either going to win it or lose it. He's going to win Because let's say this. If Emmy Martinez doesn't save uh, Kulu Muani's shot in extra time, are we then viewing Messi's legacy differently? Is that one save keep the, the, the fine line between Messi's the GOAT and not the GOAT? Is that what we're going to do here? Like, you can't really do things like that. Is getting swept great? No, it sucks. Especially with how it went downward. You were up 15 points. LeBron played great last night. Played all 48 minutes. But I'm intrigued to see where this takes LeBron's career after this. If LeBron stays in the end. Because it talks about retirement, which I don't really think is that crazy for him to contemplate retirement. Because the dude's 38 years old. He's not getting any younger. Everybody from his draft class retired. At least there might be one player other than LeBron that's still playing. But Carmelo Anthony just retired. So... You're looking at a draft class that's slowly depleting, and LeBron's going to be the oldest player in the league. Or if he already wasn't. I don't know if he was or not. No, you don't. No, Udonis has him still there. But <laughs> until next season, he might be the oldest player in the league. Like, he's played against some players' dads. Isn't that crazy? But I don't think that affects LeBron. I already had him at number two. Him losing to the Nuggets didn't really change anything in my mind. Uh, him beating the Nuggets wouldn't have really changed anything in my mind either. So... You can't really have, like, if he does this, then he's the GOAT. If he does this, then he's not. That's not how that really works. It's a longevity. Like, you've had to build it over time. He's had a 20-year career. He's not really going to be year 20. Now we're going to start going, well, if he doesn't beat the Nuggets as a 38-year-old, then we're going to have conversations about him absolutely being trash at basketball. That's kind of what I'm getting from Twitter. But, yeah, the Nuggets are a great team. I'm really excited to see what the Nuggets and Heat look like in the finals. If that's, again, if that's what happens, because there's a chance it won't. Because as Marcus Smart said, there's a chance if you let us win one, we're going to win it all. I don't think, again, don't think that's happening. But a Nuggets-Celtics final would be fun. I wouldn't be too uh, too opposed to that. I think Jokic would absolutely go off against Al Horford. and. <laughs> but, hey, you can, maybe it works out. I think the match between Bam and, uh, and Jokic will be very fun. Very, very fun. Jokic is insane. Jokic is insane. If Jokic wins the finals and is the finals MVP, which is what you would expect. He was the Western Conference finals MVP last night. If he wins that, you're, he's going well above a lot of people in uh, the all-time ranks for basketball. This dude is freaking insane. Jokic is already the best passing center of all time. But... Now we're having conversations about he could end up being the greatest center of all time when it's all said. And he's only 28 years old. He should have won three straight MVPs. 
He could have three straight MVPs, a Western Conference Finals MVP, knocking out LeBron, and then going to win a championship and a Finals MVP. Like, that's a three-year stretch that no one has really done since, you know, Jordan. I mean, LeBron, like, those types of things. It's crazy. We're watching something historical right now. And obviously, if the Heat make the Finals, there's part of me that's going to want to cheer for the Heat. Because of the fact that Jimmy Butler can get a trophy. I would love to see Jimmy Butler get a ring. I would love nothing more to see Jimmy Butler get a ring. But I think it'd be cool. I never really realized this until the other day. The Nuggets have never been to the finals. I never knew that until like a couple days ago. When they were playing game three. Like, for all the players the Denver Nuggets have had. For how long they've been in the league. They've never gone to a final. Like, you look at Dikembe Mutombo. uh, Was World B free there? Was World be free there in Denver? I'm thinking of someone else. Um, hold on. There was one other. There's a player that I am completely forgetting about. Who am I forget? There's some. There's a key player here that I'm. Abdul Rahif. Is that who it was? I'm completely blanking right now. There's a point guard that they had that I'm completely blanking on. Play with Dikembe. Back in the 90s. Okay, you got Fat Lever there in the 90s. Not the guy I was thinking of, but another great player there. David Thompson. Who is the guy that I'm thinking of? Tim Hardaway. <laughs> Denver Nugget Hall of Famer Tim Hardaway played there one year, got inducted this past year. That's impressive. I don't want to go to the recent players. There's What the hell was his name? I've got to go to the Dikembe Mutombo years because there, I cannot remember his name. I think it was Rahif, Abdul Rahif. I might be saying his name wrong. Yeah, oh, Ruaf. Muhammad Abdul Ruaf. Rauf, sorry. He was another player I was thinking of. Yeah, averaged like 19 points a game in Denver. They went to a Western Conference Finals but never actually made it all the way to the championship game. Which is, again, just crazy to me to think about. Like, they beat the one-seeded Spurs, right? Or the conference semifinals. They beat the one the conference semifinals. Yeah, uh, no, they beat the Supersonics. Beat the Sonics in the playoffs. I remember because there's that famous picture of Dikembe Mutombo laying on the ground after they beat the seven, it's beat the Supersonics. That's rookie year Dikembe Mutombo, too. I'm pretty sure. No, 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 third year Dikembe Mutombo. But then you look at the recent years like Carmelo, Allen Iverson, Chauncey Billups, Nene Hilario, <laughs> Kenyon Martin, J.R. Smith, Danilo Gallinari. Like, they've had some very impressive players throughout their history. Raymond Felton. <laughs> and never got, never, never done anything. Alex English. Never done anything until now. Like, that number 15, man, that's going to go down. You're going to have to dual retire that number. You have to dual retire that thing. You got Jokic wearing it right after Melo. Like I'm surprised they let him wear that anyways. Like I, I saw a conversation on Twitter happen the other day with the Knicks retired number seven for Melo. I don't know. I will always think of Melo as a Denver Nugget, but I'll never forget watching that opening game when he was with the New York Knicks with the intro because I was editing rosters on 2K <laughs> and I wanted to see what his number was. And that was the first time he saw his number. It was sweet. Sweet intro. And that Knicks team was supposed to be so good. But Amari couldn't stay healthy after that. That was when the Knicks were like, okay, the Knicks could actually be some. Raymond Felton and Amari. 
Like, that was a fun team. And they traded for Chauncey. They traded for Camelo. They traded Wilson Chandler, Danilo, and um, J.R. Smith over to Denver. Or got got J.R. Smith from Denver. Right? Is that what happened? I believe, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But Denver Nuggets never making the finals. They have 12 division titles. The seven retired numbers. Never been. And they've been in the NBA since 76. My parents were five years old when the Denver Nuggets were founded. Or no, when they moved to the NBA, because they were in the ABA. Sorry, they got founded in 67. Craziness. Absolute craziness. So I'm going to be cheering. I want to cheer for the Nuggets, too. I've seen the Heat win championships in my lifetime. No one's ever seen the Nuggets win a championship. (laughs) I've seen the Lakers, Celtics, and Heat all win championships. So that's what's going to be the teeter-totter for me. And there's some people that hate that this finals could happen because they want to see Lakers-Celtics. I watched Lakers-Celtics when I was a kid. I'm cool with this one. I'm cool with Nuggets heat. Really cool with Nuggets heat. Ratings-wise, will do great. I don't know. They're not very. They're not necessarily known as the biggest teams in the NBA, like the Lakers and Celtics, who have been there, done that before. The Heat have only really had success in the 2000s. Like they obviously had great players before the 2000s, but their their prime era is the Wade, LeBron, Bosh years. Like Wade won a championship in the early 2000s or mid 2000s with Shaq, and you got Jason Williams there as well, but. Up until that point, the Heat weren't really big-time franchise. I think, again, they had Alonzo Mourning. They had the likes of Tim Hardaway. Like, they had good players. I don't want to take anything away from them, but I've seen it. I've Everybody, I've seen all the Heat's championships. <laughs> I've seen them all. I love the uniforms they had with Tim Hardaway, but I've seen their championships. I've seen the Nuggets win a championship. Uh, the Celtics win a championship. I've seen the Lakers win a championship. I want the Nuggets to win one. But again, I also want to cheer for Jimmy Butler. So there's a conflict of interest here. Very big conflict of interests. I'm excited either way. I'm excited either way. But, yeah. Let's uh, let's go over to, to JetGBT. Who's going to win the NBA championship? Who's going to win the NBA, M- NBA champion? Okay, hold on. I can't type. Championship. Got to make sure I put a question mark at the end of that. As an AI, I don't have the real information of the or the oh wow or the ability to predict future events. The outcome of the NBA championship depends on various factors such as team performance, player injuries, and playoff matchups. It's best to follow the current NBA season, stay updated with games and team performances to see which teams emerge as champion. Uh, who who do you who do you think will win the NBA champ? Stop going to NBC championship ship. Question mark. As the I don't have the personal ability to outcome NBA championship. Okay, I just want to know your prediction. I want to know your prediction. Nuggets or Heat? Dude! <laughs> Nuggets and Heat are both talented teams. The outcome of a specific match between them would be determined by the performance on any given day. Come on, just give me something. Like, I just want you to tell me who you think... Jimmy Butler... This was a question I got posed the other day. Or Jason Tatum. I got asked this the other day. Like, who would you rather have between Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum? And it's an interesting conversation to have. It's an insane conversation to have because... If you want a playoff guy that can lead... Can pull average players further, you take Jimmy Butler. But if you want long-term and who's the better player like 
you would say Jason Tatum is better than Jimmy Butler, probably. But Jimmy's ability in the playoffs, playoff Jimmy is a different thing. Because Jason Tatum's an MVP candidate in the NBA regular season. Jimmy Butler doesn't really play in the regular season. Like, in regards to putting up numbers like he has in the playoffs. Like, Jimmy Butler reminds me of the Pittsburgh Penguins for all those years with Crosby. Like, the Penguins would, like, not play amazing in the playoffs, or in the regular season, and absolutely torch everybody in the playoffs. Like, squeak into the playoffs, and then absolutely go ham in the playoffs, and then went back-to-back Stanley Cups. Like, stuff like that. That's what Jimmy Butler reminds me of. So it's always an interesting thing, because right now, it's hard not to say Jimmy Butler. But long-term, since he's, like, eight years younger, you'd probably lean towards Tatum. So this is what this the AI said. Both Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum are highly talented NBA players, and comparing them comes down to which personal preference and individual playing styles. Here's a brief overview of each player. Jimmy Butler, known for his tenacity, leadership, and defensive prowess, has a strong work ethic and a reputation for being a hard-nosed competitor, a versatile player who can impact the game on both ends of the court, known for his ability to step up in crucial moments and lead his team. That's what we just talked about. Jason Tatum, recognized for his scoring ability and offensive versatility, Possesses a smooth shooting stroke and the ability to create his own shots. A young player with a promising future and strong skill set. Has showcased his scoring ability in big games and continues to improve his game. Well, I don't know about the big games so far because recently he had a really good last round. He's had a couple games really good recently, but the last game, very bad. Ultimately, the choice between Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum comes down to personal preference and specific needs for the team. Both players have their unique strengths and have proven impact on the court. So, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It depends on your specific team. It depends. If you have an established culture, Jimmy Butler's your guy. Jimmy Butler's your guy. I think Tatum would I, – I think the Celtics definitely need that. I don't know what Missoula's game plan is like 90% of the time. He looks a little out of his depth. Could be something he's a little too – it's a little too early for him, it looks like. Uh, well, what else could we do? We could do uh, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Is Jimmy Butler Michael Jordan's son? There we go. Is Jimmy Butler – Michael Jordan's son. No, Jimmy Butler is not Michael Jordan's son. They are they are not related by blood. Jimmy Butler is a professional basketball player currently plays for the Miami Heat in the NBA. Michael Jordan is a retired basketball player who is widely regarded as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. While both had their successful careers in basketball, there's no familiar relationship between them. I don't know, man. You got to go and look at those different videos on YouTube about Jimmy Butler being LeBron James' or LeBron, Michael Jordan's son. You got to look it up. Because Jimmy Butler doesn't know his dad, born in Houston, nine months before Jimmy Butler was born, I'm pretty sure there was a game between the Rockets and the Bulls, or Michael Jordan was leased in Houston. And they looked the same, they got the same playoff attitude, like, hey, I don't know. I think it's something we got to dig into a little bit more. I think it's something we got to dig into more. Let's go Michael Jordan or LeBron. Let's see what, it's going to give me some BS answer. LeBron James, LeBron James. The debate between Michael Jordan and LeBron James highly is highly subjective and often discussed topic. Of, okay, it's got to load its whole thing because it's 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 scrolling up every time I try to score look at something. Okay, discussed topic among basketball fans. Both players are considered among the greatest basketball players of all time, but they have different playing styles and eras in which they have competed. Here's a brief overview of each player. Michael Jordan, known for his scoring ability, competitiveness, and clutch performances, won six NBA championships with the Chicago Bulls and earned five regular season MVP awards. That six championships, if you take those six years away from the Bulls, they are a nothing franchise. The entire existence of the Chicago Bulls is 100% down to Michael Jordan. A dynamic and versatile shooting guard who dominated both ends of the court, remembered for his iconic moments, including game-winning shots and his impact in popular culture. 
What's crazy about Jordan, I was talking to my friends about this last night. Because we were going up, we, a friend, a few friends and I went to the Chicago Bulls versus the Orlando Magic game a few years ago. It was the year after, the same year Jimmy Butler got traded in Minnesota. So Zach Levine was out. So it was just a bunch of nothing performances. Couldn't tell you a single impactful thing that happened in that game, apart from Zach Levine giving a puppy to this little girl in street clothes. Like, it was, nothing happened in the game. Couldn't tell you, I know the Bulls won, and won pretty convincingly, but other than that, I couldn't tell you a single moment that happened in the game apart from Zach Levine giving the dog to the girl. That's all I really remember. But we were talking about that last night. You look around the United Center and you see the Jordan statue and you see the six championship trophies. Like, that's heritage. The six years. Six years heritage. But Jordan, to my knowledge, I could be wrong about this, he's the only player to play with a statue outside of his arena. Play for that team. Because that statue got built after his first retirement. So he played with the statue there, unveiled the statue and everything, then came back with his number retired, and then he wore the number and got fined every single game, or the Bulls got fined every game 23 was worn by him because it wasn't officially unretired. So the dude is playing with a retired number that is his and a statue outside the arena that is also of him, and you have the Nick Anderson thing that 45 ain't good as 23, and then he comes out in 23. One of the coldest moments in sports history. And then the next year... Fresh off coming out, he's had that prenup year, or not prenup, the, the the comeback year where he came through halfway through the season, got the Bulls to the playoffs, lost the the Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then comes back the next year, and they had the 72-10 and 10 season. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And then you got uh, LeBron, renowned for his versatility, basketball IQ, and playmaking ability, has won four championships, has been named a Finals MVP four times, a dominant force at small forward with exceptional passing skills and basketball vision, known for his durability, consistency, and consistently reaching NBA Finals over multiple seasons. Uh, the choice between Michael Jordan and LeBron James often comes down to personal preferences and individuals' criteria for greatness. Some value Jordan's unparalleled competitiveness and scoring ability, while others admire LeBron's versatility and longevity. Ultimately, both players have extraordinary careers and have left significant impacts to the game of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> they both They both left insane legacies on the basketball court. LeBron just played, I think, six more years than Le- than Jordan did. Played for twenty years. Jordan, I think, played for fourteen. If I if I'm not mistaken. So you've got to take the longevity. Like he scored more points. Well, yeah. I mean, he scored. He played six more seasons. You kind of got to score more points than the guy at that point, right? <laughs> the longevity stats are cool, but that's not. I don't really think those should be put in a comparison. Because you also got to take into fact Jordan played what three years in North Carolina. It's important to note that as well, I think. But if you think LeBron's the greatest of all time, I'm not going to hate on you for it. I disagree with you, and I'll have my stuff to back it up with, but I'm not going to sit here and bash you and go like, oh, you freaking dummy. You dumb, big, dumb idiot. That's stupid, big, dumb, dummy. That's your opinion. And you're, you're, I don't, Again, I don't agree with it, but you can have it. You can have it. I, I have more things that I get more worked up about than that. I I have a little more things. I, I got worked up earlier today <laughs> just looking at something. Oh, my God. It involved, it involved Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, which is something we've talked about before on this show. I saw someone say, Joe Bur- there's nothing Joe Bur- nothing Josh. What, what the hell was the tweet? It was the ML football account that we've talked about a bunch of times recently. The same account that had the Bills finishing third in the division. Oh, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Which QB would you rather have? Pick one. The Jalen Hurts disrespect is starting to get crazy. Hurts has shown 
us the big thing that Lamar, Lamar Jackson's not been able to do besides staying healthy and that's taking a deep, deep into the playoffs. And Super Bowl, how is that? That's more disrespect to Lamar. I don't really, I think you're being a little disrespectful to Lamar. Lamar, I like Jalen Hurts a lot, but let's not act like that's disrespectful to a, compare Jalen Hurts to a guy that won a unanimous MVP. That's not disrespectful to Jalen Hurts. That's not disrespectful in the freaking slightest. Like, that, that is a stupid-ass take. Like, that one I'll get a little bit more upset about because I really like Lamar Jackson. I like Jalen Hurts, too. But to say comparing Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson is disrespectful to Jalen Hurts is insane to me. I don't know how you managed to, cl- to clamor that and you're out of your head. That is hilarious. But what was the – it was – he was ranking the quarterback, or her, I guess I don't know. They said, oh, please explain to me how Josh Allen is better than Burrow. You can't. Also, there are not six better QBs in the NFL better than Jalen Hurts. He has Jalen Hurts, or she has Jalen Hurts. So their top ten QBs are Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. Which is, I, for the grand scheme of things, doesn't really bother me all too much. I Geno Smith being all the way down at 19 based on what happened last year is kind of mean. Especially especially since you have Deshaun Watson at 13 based on what recently recently happened. Why is Kyler in parentheses? I don't know. I think Deshaun Watson is better than than uh, Geno Smith, but it's kind of hard to say that after the past couple years because we haven't seen Deshaun Watson play at that best since, what, his last year in Houston, which was two years ago. Technically. Or I guess not technically, but I, I can explain why Josh Allen is better than Herbert, or better than I can with Herbert too, but you can't. Tell me how – I love that kind of reply. Please explain on me Josh Allen is better than Joe Burrow. You can't. You can't. Playoff numbers, Josh Allen's are significantly better than Joe Burrow's. You look at the head – like, the one thing that I always, I'm going to hear, Joe Burrow beat Josh Allen in the playoffs. Bill, killed Josh Allen in the playoffs. Well, Josh Allen beat Mahomes. He killed Josh Allen last time he played him. Mahomes beat Burrow. Allen beat Mahomes. Allen didn't play Mahomes in the playoffs this year. And the last time he did play Mahomes in the playoffs – put forth one of the best playoff performances of all time in a losing effort. Like, I remember seeing a tweet that says, Josh Allen gets more credit for losing to the Chiefs than Joe Burrow does for beating them. Yeah, because Joe Burrow, I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's number three, easily. It's not, like, crazy to say he's number two. I think it's wrong, again. But I get, this one bothers me a little bit more because of the fact you just watch what they do. And, I like, you look at what Joe Burrow has. Because people always wanted to tell me that Josh Allen had this elite group of weapons around him when he never did. He had Stephon Diggs, and that was it. You compare what they had, what Joe Burrow has and what Josh Allen has. You got Diggs with Allen, and that's it. Because Gabe Davis, as much as I like Gabe Davis, he'd be wide receiver number four on the Bengals. Like, that's reality. So if we're having that conversation, you got Jamar Chase, who won Rookie of the Year. You got T. Higgins, who would be a number one on 90% of NFL teams. And Tyler Boyd, who's one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. So you got that. Hayden Hurst, would you say he's better than Dawson Knox? I think it's close. The run game for the Bengals, you want to say the Bills statistically had a better rush attack? That also leans towards Josh Allen because Josh Allen accounted for 700 of those rushing yards for the Bills. Like, Josh Allen and Lamar are asked to do more than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting Joe Burrow, but you're disrespecting Josh by saying there's no way you can say that Josh is better than Burrow. There's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways. The playoff, the the going to the Super Bowl favors Joe Burrow. But their playoff numbers are not similar. Josh's playoff numbers are better than Burrow's playoff numbers. Like I don't think Joe Burrow's thrown a fourth quarter touchdown pass in the playoffs. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think he has. And if he has, he's thrown like one of them. 
Josh Allen threw four in Arrowhead. Not in the fourth quarter, but threw four touchdowns in Arrowhead. You look at some of the plays he made in that playoff game where he scrambled around picking up two fourth downs on the same drive that would have ended the game, which in hindsight wouldn't have mattered because they still lost the game. But you can easily compare Burrow and Allen. You can easily say Allen is better than Burrow because Allen is better than Burrow. Like his passing yards through his first eight playoff games, his third all-time. His total yards is first all-time. 17 passing touchdowns, fourth all-time. 20 pass, total touch, tw- to- yeah, 20 total touchdowns, second all-time. Passing yards per game, third all-time. Passer, passing touchdowns per game, fourth all-time. Total touchdowns per game, second all-time. 417 rushing yards, first all-time. 51.2 yards rushing a game in the playoffs, first all-time. 6.6 rushing yards per carry, fifth all-time. Six playoff turnovers, fifth least. Like, what? why are we disrespecting Josh Allen now? Why has this become a, a narrative now that we're going to disrespect Josh Allen and act like the only the only other quarterback that can make throws that Josh Allen does wears 15 down in Kansas City? Like, I love Joe Burrow. I respect what he's done a lot. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. But the disrespect for Josh Allen, this new narrative that we're going to disrespect Josh Allen and say there's no way you could say he's better than Burrow when you clearly can, when the only way you could say Burrow is better than Allen that he's been in the Super Bowl, that's pretty much it. Because arm strength, Josh is better. Running ability, Josh is better. Size-wise, Josh is bigger than Joe Burrow. You can't – some of the throws Allen makes, Joe Burrow can only dream of making. And I – again, Burrow's made some insane throws. And the other thing you're going to throw back is turnovers, Okay. So is Joe Burrow better than Brett Favre? Or would you say Brett Favre was worse than a lot of quarterbacks he played? We won three MVPs. He has the most interceptions all time. That gets also in a longevity stat, but... The best rivalry in the A's. Like, the Bills have kind of just been pushed back, and I've kind of, I kind of like that now. Current top five clutch QBs in the NFL, Josh Allen's ranked fifth. Behind Matt Stafford, let alone Joe Burrow. Behind Matt Stafford. Like this narrative, the Bills went from everybody's dream team last year to now being this forgotten team that is trash and is going to finish third in the division. I don't know who the hell runs ML Football's account, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I have a problem with people ranking that. Like I've said for a while now, the top top five quarterbacks in the NFL are Mahomes, Bur- or Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts. And then you got a conversation between like Herbert and Lamar. That's your conversation there. Anybody else in the top five in any other real order is kind of throwing it off to me. I understand Hurts and Burrow have been to Super Bowls. That's fine and dandy. That's fine and dandy. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that have been to Super Bowls. Kerry Collins has been to a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer has won a Super Bowl. Vince Ferragamo has been to a Super Bowl. There's a lot of quarterbacks that, but Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Is Joe Flacco better? Was any form of Joe Flacco better than current Josh Allen just because he went to a Super Bowl? No. Numbers don't even back that up. Numbers don't back up Burrow being better than Allen either, apart from he's gone to a Super Bowl. But, again, I don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting Joe Burrow because I don't want to, but the, the narrative around Josh Allen is kind of getting a little frustrating. Exactly like this guy didn't have the greatest playoff run a quarterback's ever had. And lost. The only quarterback to ever lose in the playoffs that had that stretch. And that's Josh's fault. 
They didn't touch the ball in overtime. The reason overtime rules changed is because of Josh Allen and the Bills because they didn't touch the ball, and the Bills weren't even ones that pushed that rule forward. The Chiefs bitched about it for years. <laughs> but I always think this stuff's funny. Who, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? Let's see what chat GBT says. It's not going to give me any answer I want, but are both talented quarterbacks in the NFL? Here we go. So here's what they – here's what the chat GPT said. Said Josh Allen's known for his strong arm, athleticism, ability to make big plays. Plays for the Buffalo Bills has emerged as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Has, known, has shown significant improvements in accuracy and decision-making over the course of his career. Led the Bills to playoffs multiple times and has earned Pro Bowl selections. Joe Burrow, recognized for his poise, accuracy, and leadership on the field, plays for the Bengals as an impressive rookie season before suffering a significant injury. Won the Heisman Trophy in college. At LSU won a national championship. He has displayed great potential. And exp- When was this updated? I feel like Joe Burrow's done more since winning a Heisman Trophy. I feel like <laughs> I don't think we need to bring in his college stuff. We're talking about the NFL right now. We don't need to bring up his college stuff. But speaking of college stuff, I saw this earlier today. And this is David Shaw. David Shaw recently stepped down as head coach at Stanford, longtime coach at Stanford. Had, you know, va- wavering success while at Stanford. For the most part, you would say he was successful, but there were other times where it was like, eh, this offense kind of reeks. And he coached Andrew Luck, who is widely considered to be one of the greatest quarterback prospects of all time. It may be one of the greatest quarterback prospect of all time. Because the greatest quarterback prospects of all time that I've recognized, or at least what I've seen people talk about, is Andrew Luck, John Elway, and Trevor Lawrence. I know people want to say Peyton Manning was considered that, but act like, hey, there was a 50-50 shot Ryan Leaf was going to go first overall. So let's hold that off that he was another quote-unquote generational guy because they were stuck between choosing him and Ryan Leaf. So let's let's back up. Like, Trevor Lawrence was guaranteed to go number one. Luck was guaranteed to go number one. Elway was guaranteed to go number one. Two of those guys were drafted by the Colts. <laughs> Only one of them ever played for the Colts. And one of them plays the Colts twice a year now. But David Shaw, coaching, again, coaching Andrew Luck, went on the NFL Network today said Caleb Williams is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. That is that is some high praise. That is some very high praise for the young lad over there in USC. It's fun, but I really enjoy it. I really enjoy that kind of stuff because it makes everybody think a little bit. It makes everybody go like, oh, is he? And there's things that he does do. That you compare to Andrew Luck. Size-wise, there's a little bit of a difference there. But in regards to athleticism, making something out of nothing, arm strength, very similar. I don't know if, if Caleb Williams would absolutely obliterate a corner that picked him off like he did against US, like Andrew Luck did against USC. But cause I, I think that goes more to size situation. But Caleb Williams is good. Caleb Williams is freaking good. And I'm excited to see what he does. I just saw the other day DeAndre Hopkins said Josh Allen is the is today's version of Andrew Luck. Which is cool. Which is cool. Big guy. Josh Allen would truck <laughs> a defender that picked him off too. Like Andrew Luck did. But I always love seeing that kind of stuff. It always makes things exciting going into the, the offseason. So now there's insane expectations. But, I mean, there was insane expectations on Caleb Williams before the season even started. Like, he transferred USC. People are expecting USC to go from this mediocrity to challenging for things now. And they did. They were out. They were a blown Pac-12 championship game away from being in the college football playoff. They were right there. 
Caleb Williams looked really good for about a half. <laughs> then USC kind of just fell off the face of the earth. They got obliterated. But there was expectations on him going into last season. USC was ranked insanely high for a team that wasn't very good the season prior. They weren't terrible, but weren't very good for USC's high standards. And now they're like, well, they brought Lincoln Riley in. They brought Caleb Williams in. Brought Jordan Addison in. Unretired Carson Palmer's number to get Jordan Addison there. Brought Travis Dye in from Oregon. Like, they brought in a lot of players. A lot of very good players. And they played well. They played extremely well last year. So expectations now, now that Caleb Williams has won a Heisman. Because before, it was like, okay, we see the talent that he has at Oklahoma. That sparing little bit that he played at Oklahoma. We replaced Spencer Rattler in the game against uh, against Texas. Came back and won that game. Played great in that game. And then it was Caleb Williams' team right after that. And then after that, it was kind of like, well, this dude looks really good. Let's see what he does with a full-time, full-time starter. And he transferred to USC, one of the least surprising transfers of the offseason. And he goes off for 4,500 yards, 42 touchdowns, and five picks, while also running for over 380 yards with 10 rushing touchdowns. There. So in total, he had 52 touchdowns last year. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Now, Jordan Addison not being there is going to be big. That's gonna that that loss is gonna be felt, but Caleb Williams is good enough to work with anybody. And I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see what Drake May does. But yeah, it's it's a fun year. It's gonna be a very fun year. Reminder: you can check out the Logan Blackman Show, the Draft Expert, Quarterback Prospect Rankings that are on the loganblackmanshow.com, or you can go to all the different forms of social media and check those out there as well. And with that, I think I'm gonna end it here. I don't really have a lot to talk. I didn't really have a whole lot to talk about today. I was like, well, let's talk about the NBA playoffs. We got the NHL playoffs. We got possible four sweeps, potentially, which is crazy to think of. Four potential sweeps, which is very exciting. I hope it does. As a team, as a player, person that doesn't have a, a dog in the fight right now, I'd be perfectly fine with four sweeps. We got one out of the way. Now, would I want to see the Knights in the final? Uh, I don't know. That's the one I'm kind of, like, hesitant about because I didn't like the Knights before, and then I got Jack Eichel with the whole, like, man, this is the lowest this rear's ever been. And all it took for me was to leave so they could boo me. I probably wish I was still here. That kind of stuff. Jack Eichel's elite. I don't want to make it sound like I don't like Jack. I, I don't. Jack Eichel bothers me now. But the player himself, Jack Eichel's amazing. Jack Eichel's a very good player. He just can't stay healthy. But now he's healthy. You've seen what he's done so far in the playoffs. Like, hey. Hey, he beat Connor McDavid in the playoffs. That means he's better than Connor McDavid? I don't know. People are talking. Now, with that being said, I'll see you guys later. I hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, yeah. Peace.